Our further reading is found in Matthew 18. Matthew 18, starting at verse 21. It's headed here, the parable of the unmerciful servant. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In, the, in his anger, in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray, shall we? Lord God, we thank you for your word. And as we study it now, please open our hearts and minds to it. We thank you for this great theme and truth of your mercy. And we pray that it would get deep into our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are looking uh, this week uh, at uh, the next of the Beatitudes, in particular, blessed are the merciful, uh, for they will receive mercy. And this comes with a health warning, like all the Beatitudes, in the sense that this is deeply unsettling, uh, as well as uh, encouraging. And I hope we can begin to see uh, some of the landscape that Jesus charts 
in terms of what it means to receive mercy and what it means to show uh, mercy. And uh, you will probably know that uh, what Jesus says here ties in with lots of other things uh, that he says elsewhere. Tansy, we can have our next uh, slide, please. Uh, You will know that it uh, very much chimes in with the parable uh, that we had read, the parable of the unforgiving servant. Uh, The parable of the unforgiving servant highlights uh, the ease with which we run to God for forgiveness. So the servant in the story, the first servant, runs to the king and says to him, please, please, please uh, forgive me uh, what uh, I owe you. And how easily we do that. And we thank God that that is a truth for all of us who are Christians, that we can say, I know what to do when my life has mucked up, when I've gone wrong. I know that I can go to a holy God and ask for his forgiveness. But the parable even more powerfully highlights how much we as human beings want to compartmentalize mercy and forgiveness. So at the same time, we go rushing to God, uh, asking him, maybe reminding him that that's his nature, uh, that's what we know is true of him. Uh, in a sense, confidence that we are going to be forgiven, uh, but at the same time, wanting to withhold that, uh, even in small amounts, uh, to other people. And so we can do both at the same time, uh, it seems, to Jesus. Ask our Heavenly Father for forgiveness, and yet at the same time, uh, refuse to withhold it, even over comparatively minor things uh, to others. If we go to the next slide, uh, you will also remember uh, the Lord's Prayer that is so familiar to us, uh, to, familiar to us maybe we don't even notice it. Uh, we pray, every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Again, the two are linked together. As we ask for forgiveness, so in the same breath, we offer forgiveness uh, to others. And just a couple of verses later in uh, Matthew 6, uh, as if uh, the point hadn't been made clear enough in the Lord's Prayer, uh, Jesus says in verses 14 and 15 of chapter 6, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So it's fundamentally and powerfully clear not once, not twice, but three times, even in two chapters of Matthew, that Jesus ties the mercy and the forgiveness that we seek from God to our willingness to show that to others. Now, the next slide, please. We need to ask then, well, what is mercy? What is Jesus talking about when he says that there is blessing in being merciful? I think it's a number of things. Uh, Mercy and sharing mercy is what happens when we realize that all the things that we've been learning about ourselves from the Beatitudes, all those things, that we are poor in spirit, that there is sin and greed in our life and our world that we should mourn over, uh, that we are vain and proud naturally as people, and so find it hard to be meek, uh, that we are likely, if we're left on our own, to hunger and thirst 
for all the wrong things and to forget that the object of our hunger and thirst is God and his kingdom. And what we are learning is that all those things that are true about us are also true of other people. That my heart is broken, but so is yours. That my heart lusts for things that won't satisfy, but so does yours. And there's a recognition here of a common broken humanity. And if we can ask God to be merciful to us in our brokenness, then surely we can give the same to others. Mercy is not excusing someone else's behavior. Neither is it saying it doesn't really matter. Neither is it saying that I'm going to try and forget what someone has done to me. I have in my own life uh, experienced uh, things that have been almost impossible uh, to let go. And I've also, in uh, in 25 years of pastoral ministry, uh, sat with people who've been raped, uh, who have been uh, abused, who have been who have suffered terrible things. And having mercy is never saying, I excuse what that person has done. It's never saying, I'm going to try and forget what that person has done. You need to be absolutely clear on that. Instead, mercy is choosing tenderly to let go and to let go of the hatred and the malice and the offense that we feel remembering all the time that that is what God has done for us and that is what God promises to help us share with others. And the last thing we need to say about mercy, and this is a great surprise, as all the Beatitudes are a great surprise, is that being merciful is a place of blessing. There is blessing in being merciful. Sometimes in our excitement uh, and in Uh, our selfishness, we want blessing only to be in happy, jolly, and lovely things. And of course there is blessing there. But if we listen to Jesus, he says, there is blessing in showing mercy uh, to others. The question, of course, is uh, whether we believe him. Uh, We can have the next slide, please, Tansy. Uh, Some of you will know that this week uh, I've spent in Bosnia. I was there from Tuesday through to last night. On Thursday, we spent the whole day with some of the survivors of the massacre in Srebrenica, which you may remember in 1995. And uh, over a period of a couple of days, between 8,000 and 9,000 Bosnian Muslims uh, were massacred in huge numbers uh, and then uh, buried uh, in pits uh, as uh, by uh, the Serb army. And we were there listening to and talking with some of the survivors. Uh, so a, a man now in his 40s who was 18, who was split off uh, from uh, the rest of uh, his family and uh, his neighbors and uh, tried to escape as thousands and thousands of men did. Uh, and uh, he was hunted down by the Serbian army His twin brother was killed, his father was killed, and he stood and wept before us as he talked about the anger and the frustration 
both against his Serbian uh, attackers, but also against us in the West, uh, who he uh, felt had completely abandoned uh, the people of Srebrenica. Uh, we listened uh, to four women, two wives, uh, two mothers who had lost uh, husbands and sons in the most appalling circumstances. We listened to the surgeon of Srebrenica Hospital, who in his early 20s had gone uh, thinking he was going to have a nice, uh, quiet job in a provincial hospital and found himself over three years uh, operating with no equipment, uh, no anaesthetic, uh, nothing. And so would often have to amputate the limbs uh, of uh, people who have been affected by bomb blasts uh, in the forest uh, with the crudest uh, of uh, instruments uh, with no anaesthetic or anything else. And it reminds us, uh, in a sense it puts some of our own worries uh, into uh, scale and into proportion. It also reminds us how challenging it is for many people, and of course I don't know you very well, but there will be people here who have suffered, maybe not as greatly as that, but who will have suffered greatly, and so there's a lump in your throat as soon as someone says that it is blessed to be merciful, because you think there's no way that I am going to find blessing in giving mercy and forgiveness to another. We learned this week, of course, that being merciful is not weak. Being merciful is not denying the truth, even though there are many now in Serbia who are denying that those massacres ever happened. Being merciful does not mean that we ignore justice. Justice and mercy come together, however slowly. But of course, without mercy, the cycle of violence and hatred just goes round and round and round. And in the kingdom of God, Jesus says, there comes a time when a woman of God or a man of God says simply, I choose mercy. And I choose forgiveness. It's interesting that if you talk to a Serb, who were mainly the aggressors in the Bosnian War, the Serbs will tell you stories of how the Croats with the Nazis massacred thousands and thousands of Serbs during the Second World War. So they carry a grievance from then. Then you go back to the 19th century and you see how others were aggrieved by other acts of terror. And so the cycle of history grinds on. So this beatitude comes with a challenge and with an encouragement. Uh, next slide, please, Tanzi. Here's the challenge. It's to do with the divine economy of forgiveness. And this is uncomfortable to all of us. As we receive mercy, so we give mercy. Even if our hearts scream with the injustice and the pain of it. I have known that in having to forgive some really hard things that have been done to me in my lifetime. Maybe you have had to do the same. I've sat with the people who've been raped or who've been abused, and we have talked at length about how, if ever, they could come 
uh, to offer mercy as well as seeking truth and seeking justice. But this is God's way. And what Jesus teaches is that it's a blessed way, and so therefore I have to believe that there is blessing for me and there's blessing for the other person and there's blessing for our community if I can begin to show mercy. But there is always a cost. Let's not uh, fool each other. There is always a cost. And neither does it even guarantee uh, popularity or recognition. We know that ultimately, of course, from Jesus himself, who, who was so willing to pay the cost of forgiveness. And we will know little hints of that as we uh, summon up the courage to forgive others. Uh, but next slide, please. There is also, of course, the encouragement. Being merciful is unbelievably hard, but there is blessing. There is blessing in mercy. If we had time, maybe we could go around, and there might be people here who would be willing to say, I did choose mercy. I probably had to choose it 100, 200, 300 times. But in choosing mercy, I've seen the mercy of God more completely, and I have found blessing. Let me read very briefly. You may remember, uh, I'm sure, a man called Gordon Wilson. The next slide, uh, please, Tansy. You may remember that his daughter, Marie, was killed by the RA at Inneskillen. And uh, Gordon Wilson uh, famously and provocatively, very quickly, talked about his forgiveness of the IRA. And this is how uh, Mary McAleese, who uh, was then the president of the Irish Republic, this is how she described him. Uh, and as I hear her words, I just think, I wish that was, I wish in some small way I could be the kind of person that Gordon Wilson was. This is what she said. She said, he was a man so practiced in the discipline of love that when his beautiful daughter Marie died, hard and cruelly, her hand in his as she slipped away, the words of love and forgiveness sprang as naturally to his lips as a child's eyes are drawn to its mother. His words of forgiveness carried a sense of the transcendent into a place so ugly we could hardly bear to watch. He had his detractors and unbelievably bags of hate mail. How dare you forgive, they shouted. What kind of father are you who can forgive your daughter's killers? Gordon's offer of love and forgiveness was not a sign of weakness, but a sign of strength. As we conclude uh, this morning, I wonder what people would say about you, and I wonder what they'd say about me. Would people say of you, I know that she rejoices in God's forgiveness? I see it. I know she reads her Bible and thinks about that. I, knows, I know that he sings about that in church. I know that uh, she carries within her a, a deep sense of gratitude and joy uh, in uh, there being a forgiving God who went all the way to the cross uh, for us. 
wonder whether people would say that about you, uh, both Christian friends and people who aren't Christians. But Jesus reminds us that there is a second question that we have to ask, and that is this. Would those same friends also say of you, she is merciful and she is forgiving and he has been hurt by others in the past, uh, but he has decided uh, to take the path of mercy and of forgiveness. Would they also say that of you? Yes, I've seen it in her. She is merciful. Uh, she is forgiving. He is gracious, even to those who have hurt him. Because what Jesus tells us is that if they won't say the second, if people haven't recognized that you are forgiving and merciful, then the first can't really be true. I cannot understand what mercy and forgiveness really are. I cannot fully comprehend or experience what they really are unless and until I have begun to share it with others. As I have received, so I begin to give. All of you will know that that's like prizing uh, the knuckles of a two-year-old off a stick of rock. You know, it's, it's absolutely against all that we want and all that we desire and all that we feel is just and right. The question remains, do you trust Jesus? That there is forgiveness and there is mercy and there is blessing in those things. Because if you do, however small the steps you begin to take, you will not only come to God as we do at every service and say before him, I am broken and I am full of sin. You will also look at your neighbor and you will look them in the eye and you will say, you are broken and you are full of sin and I forgive you. Amen.